Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Ah, your weekly tee box dysfunction is back and on the road and more dysfunctional than ever. Alongside the Caddy, Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy to the podcast. We appreciate the listen, download, and rate. Hit us up on social media at Maddie and Caddy, M A T T Y, the word and, C A D D I E. That is both Instagram and Twitter. We've already put Instagram stories and fun, etc., uh, from our travels, which bring us to. Wait a minute. The Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions in Orlando. True that, but don't forget, now people can holla at your boy. Yeah. Give us a call. The listener line is 860-506-6012. Ask any question that is in your heart or on your mind. And if it's not too creepy, we'll put it on out there. We And we've been told by producer Drew to make sure you say your name. Of course. Yeah, so make sure you say your name. Um, and, and then that way we can get you on and have some fun with that. Uh, excited about today's episode. We are back on the road. Uh, World Series champ John Lester yes! is joining us. I know. I mean, this dude, all he did was sling for the Red Sox and the Cubs. <laughs> and Lester uh, joins us today. Uh, it's good to talk with him. He's an outdoorsman. Uh, through and through, so we are happy. Just like me. Yeah, yeah. He's just an like outdoorsman, you. just like me. Yeah. All right, so we're excited to bring you that conversation coming up in just a bit. Uh, we love being out on the road, Maddie and the Caddy. We are here uh, at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, uh, the the Tranquilo Golf Club at yep. Four Seasons. Yes. And let's let's start there because there's there's a ton to get to just from our last 24 <laughs> hours in in town. Uh, first off, the fine folks at the Four Seasons. That we're we're not they're not paying us. No, no. There's there's no relationship other than we're not even staying there. No, and Alan and his group uh, yesterday, they just wanted to show us around the property. That's called hospitality. Just straight good old. Um, you can call it southern hospitality if you want to. Yeah. But here's the deal. They gave us a view of the property. Of that hotel and everything around it, that was stupid. I mean, it was ridiculous. We they he took us in a suite that cost thirty five thousand dollars a night. It's above. So there's the presidential suite part, yeah, and then there's this, which actually you can at top end nine bedrooms. It's got a balcony that you can see almost all of Florida. But the best part about that is not just the sunsets, which are, it was, that's when we got, of course, got to see it, <laughs> right, at sunset, which is, we are so spoiled. But you get to see all of the Disney parks fireworks. Fireworks. From every, all the parks. All of it. It's crazy. I mean, for $35,000 tonight, I better be able to see something. And he was so slick, too. He wouldn't give us any names. Nope. I went in there. Oh, I, I went yeah. full reporter mode. You were, so, going, you were 60 minutes. Yeah, who stayed here? <laughs> All right, has, has this person been in this industry or that industry? I can't do it. Four Seasons Policy, can't tell you. The only thing that he would give us that we found interesting uh, was that a, a Powerball winner, a lottery winner. Or a lottery winner, winner. Yeah. yeah. Had stayed there. And that was it, that a lottery winner stayed there for, what What do you say, four nights? Four or five days, yeah. Yeah, it was like four nights that he stayed there and and had the all nine bedrooms and everything, had a whole crew down, and 
it was over almost 130,000 or something crazy. Just an incredible, yeah. incredible look. Then we went to the restaurant and then we were just having, we had a good dinner and it was just a well, great it's got experience. got a cool bar. Just the, there's a bar, there's a bar area that's real laid back downstairs. Yeah. And that is then attached by a set of staircases, which you don't even really see, to this Italian restaurant where they Im- they import the flour from Italy. Like, you know how gangster that is? They yeah, you, make, you they love make, that. Oh, dude. They're knowing that they hand make the noodles, but yet they import the flour from Italy. Because, like, who would really know? And, spe- and speaking of flour, your boy Caddy... Uh, had a had a beverage, had a libation that had a, like a hibiscus flower or something. I'm sorry, it. did you not get a drink that had a flower? In I it did as not. Well? I did not. Your second drink had a flower. I, in right. it. <laughs> I did do the sangria. You're a liar. You're right. Damn it! I <laughs> forgot. Right. I forgot. I didn't. I thought I went straight up martini That's and beer. Right. I, I forgot I went martini. Trying to get you local to sangria for having a flower in my drink, and it, my drink was this gin and tonic. But it was just the way that it was made, and it more had like a the, Ginny and tonic, yeah, with the flowers and look and, who's talking. Hey, look, gin and tonics aren't supposed to have flowers. Sangria, the drink of the islands, or wherever it originated from. Hey, you've been called fruity, so there you go. <laughs> whatever, fruity. You might as well have a flower. You Ginny and tonic. <laughs> um, Better than what Marcus Allen was calling me the other day. We're not going to say that, but. Yeah, we can. We, I know. It's a Disney-run podcast. <laughs> uh, so. And that's the other thing. This Four Seasons Resort is on Disney property. It is on Disney property. But there is. How about that house that was. So the other thing from that balcony for everybody. So this balcony, it's kind of like a three-quarter wraparound. And you can see all of the resort. You can see the resort has like a lazy river. This is how cool this place is. So if you stay here, and this is one of the things I never took advantage of, but I'm going to from now on. Mm-hmm. When you stay here, you can use the spa. And it's yeah. just like you don't have to get a massage to be able to go in the sauna and all that stuff. But That was my running joke that even you could come out of this place looking good. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's going to take a long, long it, time. It will be a lot of work. It would be a lot of work, but whatever. It's you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's um. Look, it it we we were being treated like we were people, and we shouldn't have been. I know, and that's and what was fun. Dinner, about it. dinner was great. We had steak, it, steak, duck, lamb, duck, and you ate. I am proud of you as a guy who comes from a place where fresh vegetables are a thing, and I love fresh vegetables. I know how much you hate broccoli. Yeah, and it, yet crushed it. <laughs> I mean, I ate broccoli like I hadn't eaten in a year. You ate broccoli like it was going to save your life that night. Like it was the antidote <laughs> for something. Exactly. Yeah, we look. It was it was a it was a fun night to kind of kick off uh, Maddie and the Caddy on the road again. And so our thanks to Alan and his crew at the uh, Four Seasons. We'll post some of the pictures of the food and whatnot of Maddie and Caddy, both Instagram and Twitter. We got to come back in uh, at some we are. point. We will I'm come back. Stay here. One of the uh, topics we want to get into today, as we sit here in the driving range um, at Tranquil- Tranquilo Golf Club, <laughs> I can't say that damn name. Well, that's because the Q U makes you want to say Quillo, Quillo, yes, and it's just with a K, with a Kio. Like think think of it like you're trying to speak Spanish. Okay. Q U is just a K sound, right? Kigo. Thank you. What's the what's the See? the language? What's the language thing you can download? The download the language. language software. Oh, 
Uh, the Rosetta Stone. Rosie, you just yeah. gave me Rosetta Stone. I'm Pretend Rosetta like Stone. Q, you, we're <laughs> you sitting can. on the driving range, and we're right in front of our friends at Taylor Made. They're doing the uh, club fitting for the, uh, new, for the driver. new M5 and M6. It appears. Yeah. What's funny is that the uh, for the pro am today, you've definitely got the AMs out here on on the driving range, and they're they're getting fit for a, a custom driver. That's Here's the thing about this event, though. These AMs, a lot of them are celebrities yeah and former athletes in other sports so there is a lot of power i'm telling you some of the things that i saw on the driving range yesterday should not be done by an amateur who can play golf that doesn't get paid to play golf or it's not what you would teach a lot of times you would teach a normal amateur who was not a former pro athlete you're like stop swinging angry all right, so and, and and look, and these guys, I mean, these are pro athletes that are used to hand-eye coordination. Yes. But I'm going to stop. I'm going to talk quiet here for a second because it's clear the guys getting fitted for their new drivers here aren't former athletes. <laughs> these appear to be executives of some sort at yeah. some company. Would you agree? And uh, I feel here's here's why I feel bad. Look, I would do the same thing, but these guys show up. They're the first ones here, at least for this this round of, that's of club smart, fitting. Though. I know because there's not a lot of people here to see the swing. And but they're correct. they're in front of the Taylor Made dudes, and this one guy comes up, and these are top of the line drivers. Yes, he hit four in a row on the ground. <laughs> like it looked like he was doing. So he, he just has a loft problem. So if you guys have loft. a fifteen and a half loft <laughs> under your tent. Uh, but I'm looking for that driver with 16 degrees. <laughs> what do you got that looks like a nine iron, but looks like a driver, plays like a nine iron? But look, it's, it's all like when we come out to these events, it's so fun to see uh, the celebrities mix with the with the people within the industry. We'd be remiss. But it is an LPGA event. It's a no-cut event. That's it's a tournament the, of champions. Every yes. winner from the LPGA is here. They don't get cut, but you're mixing. We saw we were our boy Josh Donaldson was on the driving range yesterday, and there's an LPGA pro, which will remain nameless, would, was watching Donaldson hit the ball, who hits the ball as good as I've seen anybody, including a pro. So let's do the, the reenactment yes, of what happened. because she heard him hit one drive and didn't see it and then turned around. And he had he had this Ping G four hundred driver, and he unleashed it. And I'll make the sound that the drivers made, and then Maddie will make the sound that the tour pro made. And it went just like this. <laughs> and her face everyone started laughing because she couldn't like. <laughs> She reacted how we wouldn't do. You know what? She reacted like someone who's never been to a baseball game would react standing next to the batting cage when Josh hit a home run. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it was never seen something hit that hard and that far. It was full on thwack. (laughs) And her face dropped, and she was like, <laughs> and everybody just, we could not laugh because of how funny the reaction Even Josh was. Started yeah, because she was having the reaction we all were like, how the hell is that possible that this human being right. with a ponytail can hit a ball that far? And how how did that golf ball stay in one piece? Right, because it was a vulvic. Yeah, and it was 50 degrees and blowing 20 into yeah. us, and he still hammered it. It was crazy. So a topic we want to get into on, on today's Mad in the Cat before we get to our guest is the, the controversy that, that came up over the weekend uh, with Matt Kuchar. Yeah, the report that came out. The report that came out. Yeah, our boy Tom Gillis yeah. came out and, and had this story on social media that when Matt Kuchar 
won the event in Mexico, I believe Last five six months ago. It is now it has now come out. I think it was a one point two million dollar purse, something to that effect. No, he won one point two nine six million. Okay, so let's call it one point three mil just 1. for the sake of this conversation. Mil. Yes, it has now come out that he had a local caddy that week because his caddy was unavailable. John a well known one, a well known local caddy at this club. Yep, beat was his caddy this week, and the report is that Kucher only paid him three thousand dollars. Correct. Of which the caddy world and the golf world has now gone absolutely berserk over. Social Michael media has caught fire. I will let you tell the Maddie and Caddy patrons why this is such an issue. Because everyone knows on that it's you give ten percent for a win. That's the going rate for a caddy on the PGA tour, regardless of what your weekly fee is. You give 10% for a win. Now, Kuchar did not help himself at all when he came out after the report started coming out yep. and said, I didn't pay him 3000 It was more than that, but I also didn't pay him 10%. And then he said it's a non-story. Stay there. Okay, so I want to pe- unpack this from different layers because tipping protocol is one of the most fascinating conversations you can have with anyone. From True. the argument of do you tip at Sonic, how much do you tip a valet car guy, all of that. Here's where you can, I I, I got to ask you a question. Yeah, do you consider the percentage that a caddy makes from a player a tip? No. Okay. It's payment protocol, but if it's a percentage of a if it's a percentage of a sum tab, then it is a tip. Do you see what I mean? A per, you were tipping twenty percent at a meal, ten percent at a bar. He, you just said 10% of the earnings, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a windfall that that person has acquired through that tournament, and they are giving a percentage of it to their caddy. Right. Now, I don't believe, and I'll, I'll fight this until the end, I don't believe that this local caddy should have gotten 10%. I just don't believe that. He's not his full-time caddy. He's a part-time employee, and part-time employees don't make as much as full-time employees. His caddy, John Wood, Woody, he was... Doing some of the thing. He was unavailable. That's his full-time caddy. He needed help for a week. And I don't believe he should have gotten 10%. I disagree. And as far as the difference between part-time employees and full-time employees, sometimes the only difference in pay there is insurance and benefits. Sometimes the hourly wage is the exact same. Sometimes the the person that's considered a part-time employee because – they're not getting the benefits, right? Are making more per hour than what a full-time employee would be getting because the company hiring is not having to pay the benefits. That being said, as far as caddies go, I'm fine with seven. Oh man, I no, I'm not. I'm, yeah, you, but you have to be, I'm Mikey. Okay. You have to be. I'm not. Here's the th- like. He- let me use me as an example. If I'm around, uh, here, prime example. Yes. It's going to be completely different because it's not a sanctioned tournament. But when we did the uh, podcast with George Lopez, mm-hmm. and at the last minute he needed a caddy, he thought you were going to loop for him. You weren't going to be in town. He asked Maddie, "You, you in? Great, I'm in. No matter. What. Yeah, yeah, let's go. I'll carry your bag. Let's go play golf. Yeah. In this situation, uh, for this full time caddy at this club in Mexico. First of all, we've got it on pretty good authority that the dude was only making a two hundred or something a week anyway. So, so three thousand right out of the gate is an improvement based on that. But let me finish. Okay, 
if he gets an opportunity to caddy for a PGA pro and Matt Kuchar, and he's like, you know what? I'm Kuchar wants me to caddy for him. He's gonna give me three thousand to carry his bag for the week. I'm in, man. What a great opportunity. This is fantastic. Who are we Here's to the sit problem. there and say that that's not good enough for him? The problem with what you're saying is you are saying this guy is used to only making two hundred dollars a week. That has nothing to do with the price of rice in China. Nothing. So it doesn't matter. It's all relative. No, it's not. Yes, if, it is. Listen, if you look, if you've never caddied a PGA Tour event before, and you go out there and you're like, "I want to be a caddy this week," you haven't made any money as a PG, as a caddy. None. It doesn't have anything to do with how much you can get paid or then should be paid relative to what the player makes. This is the thing. When you caddy on the PGA Tour, yeah. you get a weekly a check for the week. You get a weekly salary. You get a salary for Which the week. Which is about, what, 1500 2000 bucks. It can be anywhere. See, that's the other thing. It's The salary is negotiated. But it also has to do with the percentage that you make. But see, so I, I... here's the thing. If you say to me, hey, look, man, this is my first week caddying, so why don't you just pay me – a thousand this week because we never work together and then we'll work it out. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's, let's go out and do a test run together. Right. I'm only going to pay you a thousand. Now, Steve Williams comes out of retirement and says, Hey man, do you want me on the bag? If I offer him a thousand dollars, he's going to hang up on me. Right. But okay. That's... But that has nothing to do with the percentage. See, you have to separate these two things. It has nothing to do with the percentage of what we're going to win. You know why? Because you're going to get that weekly salary if I'm not playing Saturday and Sunday. So Correct. this dude was going to get that money, whatever his whatever. He was they, getting three thousand no matter what. He was getting three thousand hey, if they but don't that, play on the weekend. Yeah, but that's the deal that was agreed upon. Nah, it's not. That the was, deal was what he's making as a salary. The deal was I, I need you to carry my bag. Three grand. Here you go. Correct. We don't know. If there wasn't a like, because what I told you, I told we uh, in in off air before we started recording the podcast. I told you when I first started working for Scott Piercy, yeah, that first week we worked together at the John Deere, we hadn't even agreed on the weekly salary. Okay, and you were an inexperienced caddy. No, I was not. I was an experienced caddy. Piercy's the last dude that I worked full time for. Okay, I didn't. I, I didn't know your IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> see, you didn't do your research before we started on my caddy background. But see, that's the thing. Just because we hadn't agreed on the percentage or whatnot, if Scott would have won that week, it's not like he's going to go, well, it was your first week and, you know, you had a year off where you weren't really caddying, so I'm just going to give you $4,000. And you should be happy with that. That's not how that works. So I'm I'm still, if I went to the PGA Tour, yeah. it, let's say we had won that week. And Scott only gives me twelve hundred bucks. I'm going to the PGA Tour and saying, "Listen, I'm not trying to make a stink because I I want to be employed and I I love caddying and I don't want to stop caddying, but my player only gave me twelve hundred a week and we had not agreed on anything. So the PGA Tour is going to go look back and go, well, what's the standard normally been for? What's the standard been for a caddy when they win a tournament? And everyone knows. This is like, it's like common law marriage. Everyone knows when a player wins, the caddy gets 10, the normal cut is 10%. 
a normal caddy no, than no, a no, full-time no, caddy. A this caddy. is a freelance situation. The fact that you're Look, act- if you hire me for a week and I'm a PGA Tour caddy, and let's if this John, dude's not a PGA it Tour caddy, matter. he was a caddy at the local club. It, it don't matter. See, that's the tour calling right now. <laughs> it is. It don't matter. What it, what matters is if you're caddying on the PGA Tour, even if you're if you're a fill-in. Mm-hmm. So you can't say a fill-in who's a tour caddy deserves 10% and a fill-in who's not doesn't. This, they're doing the same job. They're doing the same job, but for Correct. you to act like he's the same level of ability as a full-time caddy, they're I think is very nice of you. Same he's job. a club caddy, though. He's they're, a club caddy. He's not a tour caddy. How many How many wins did Kucher have before this substitute guy jumped in? It had been a while. Four years, hadn't it? Like four, a, it's been a while. Three to four. That's all I'm trying to say is. Maybe Woody's the problem. <laughs> well, no, because he wins with Woody at the yeah, summit. Went, yeah. And guess what Wood got? Ten percent. See, that's, that's his full time business it partner. Doesn't though. Oh no, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I look. Let me put two things out on the record. One, I don't believe he should have gotten ten percent, which I've said. I'm but okay I with do him not believe. But I do but. believe he should have gotten more. Okay. Yeah. So I believe he should have gotten a little bit and more. The fact that but Kuchar we don't know the circumstances in which they reached a deal. But we also know that we live in a world of perception. And yep. perception is reality. Especially now. Especially now. Especially in social media. So if you're telling me that Cooch comes out and says, oh no, I paid him more than 3000 but less than 10%. It's not a story. What's the big... Where there's smoke and somebody goes, it's not a story. Wait a minute. There's a story. Thank you. It's not a story is akin to no comment. Oh, why no comment? Thank you. What's going on that what we don't you, know about? And the, the other thing is, Kucher could have easily come out and been like, hey, man, look, here you go. Here's what I here's the, I, I wrote this dude a check. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, here you go. Like, this is what I paid the guy. It's real easy. Here's what will happen. As sure as the sun comes up on Maddie and the caddy, what will happen is Kucher will end up paying this guy at some point some sort of bonus because I don't believe he – that he's going to be able to let this go. And the last thing he needs now going into the West Coast swing, Florida swing, the players. He still, well, you know what? I'll give Kucha this. When this story came out, the yeah. Sony was still going on. Yeah. So he still won the Sony Open. Even, yeah, because this came out on what, Saturday? Yeah. yeah. So he still Saturday of Sony Open had week. enough gumption to get the job done and win Sony at the time. But, so, but here's the problem. Yep. It's where this event happened. It's in Mexico. Yeah. And you've made the comment, and I've made the comment, we speculated in different areas, that let's just say Kucher did pay this guy a little bit more money, and the guy that caddied for him doesn't want people in his area knowing he just got a huge windfall for safety purposes. That, yeah, see, I'm speculation. thinking the opposite. You don't think so – what do you mean? I'm thinking that it's, it's going to be a problem for Kucher. I don't think Kucher will go back. Uh, Unless I, he makes I this agree. guy whole, correct? And he ain't going back. That's what, if he ain't if he don't make this dude if he ain't ten percent in, this gonna be a problem. It's we, gonna be a problem. We watch too much Narcos. Up. I know because now we think because Cooch is gonna go across the board and play in this tournament, he's gonna have like the Sinaloa cartel waiting for him. It ain't it ain't that they'll be waiting for him or something. But the problem is if something were to go wrong, yeah, who's coming to help you? I agree. And that's the thing. That's what you got to think about. Look, when things don't go right in another country, if you wrong somebody from that country, guess who's coming to help you? Nobody from that country. Yeah, we um, we 
there's so much speculative stuff here. We 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 all believe that Gillis has this story. Yes. But do we believe there's layers to it that we just don't know? Yes. I think that we're all in agreement on that. So yes. while we had the pages here, we're talking about Matt Kuchar and the tipping etiquette with the with a pro uh, player and a, and a caddy. You let's think, let, let's help some of the what we got. You think that you should tip a bathroom attendant? Yeah. Like so, let's go with some tipping <laughs> protocol uh, for the people. What should you tip? Not a guy like you who's anal about his clubs. And who is worried about all of that? A normal Brad and Chad finishing up their round of golf. Dude wipes down their clubs, cleans the clubs. What is a what is a, a an accepted amount of money to tip them? At a standard golf course, yep. I would say five. If you got a foursome, five dollars a man. So twenty dollars a group. Twenty bucks for the foursome. Okay, yeah. so that's standard. What is the standard tipping rate for a beverage cart person? One to two bucks per drink. So if I get a round of beers for the boys and the beers are twenty one dot twenty two dollars, twenty one to twenty two dollars. Twenty two bucks for if you buy a bunch of beer for everyone. Yeah. Then you tip you. Yeah, you round it up to twenty five. Okay. Round it up to twenty five. What is the accepted amount to tip a bathroom attendant? I, I'm not tipping them nothing. I don't know why. No. Because I. You're creeping me out being in there. Number one, his Why? job is to hand you a nice warm towel. No, I don't. I don't need you handing me anything. <laughs> I don't need you. Don't you don't reach a hand out to me when we in the bathroom, right? But because he's nowhere near. You're, you're fixated on the fact that he's there while you're going to the bathroom. He's he by is the, just standing in a bathroom. He's by the sink. I don't care. He's been hired to do a job. I don't care. Look, if you're, if you're just standing in a bathroom, I am sorry that life has taken such a bad turn for you. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Number one. Give him a dollar. For what? For giving you a towel, pumping the no, no, soap dispenser don't, for you. Oh, don't, no, don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. That's another thing. They want to do is hold the soap, and they like reach. Nah, man. What's wrong with that? That's their job. No, it ain't. No. Give him no. a dollar. Nah. Two dollars. No. You never borrowed an Altoid off the guy, bro. You seem like a guy who would spray a lot of Dracar or Curve on you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I go to the club, the cologne's already good to go. I'm not going to. And if I if something happens where I need to re up this cologne, yeah, uh, then it's time for me to go. I don't need to be in a club no more. And that whole, I don't understand. You are fascinated with the, you never took a mint from the dude. Listen, there is nothing that you're doing in the bathroom that should require you to need a mint after the fact. What do you, what, what do you, you just look? You've been having you, a couple of cocktails. Maybe you just did a shot of Jaeger. Maybe it's like, look, you know what? I'll throw an Altoid in there. No. I just don't understand no, why you're Jaeger look, and an Altoid. You are so you are end? so pro the little man getting paid on a PGA Tour event, but the little man that's trying to make ends meet, make some extra money in a bathroom. That is you not can't the little guy. That's the creepy guy. He's doing what he can to make money. Okay, okay cool. And by the way, just so you guys know, Collins also doesn't tip valet people. That is not true. That is not true. The dude that comes to bring your car, if it's comped valet, no, 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 no. If it's required, if if you force me to use valet and don't give me a choice, then that means you're actually – then the valet that are working there, you're paying them well. I'm not tipping. I'm not tipping when you force me to. What do you a mean? Tip, here's the thing. Here's not, what a, tip, a tip is saying, thank you, you went above and beyond what you need to do. No, a tip is part of the income of the job. You know what a tip's not called? What? Salary. You know why? Because it's a tip. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. So you think- You make a salary plus what? 
tips. Right. So you can't say, okay, when I go to work today, I'm going to make 30 bucks. But if valet guy comes up to you and says, if you're forced to use valet, yes. a part of that job is gratuity. For what? For getting your car. Hey, thanks for not bringing my car back with a dent. What do you or think? Or with 200 fi- miles, less, less, more miles on it? I, I cannot believe the hypocrisy with which you talk tipping. Be- look, if you're forcing me to do something, I'm not, I'm not with that. Okay, then Uber. They have provided a, a valet service for you. These kids are running around getting your car. No, tip no, them. providing a a providing a valet service means that I have I could also park my car on my own. That's the that's what valet is from. In my opinion, that's what valet is supposed to be. Valet is supposed to be. Look, if you'd rather not park your car yourself or go try and find a spot, or if you're in a rush, you got to go do something real quick. Then boom. Here's a service for you. We'll park the car for you. Man, thanks a lot. Here you go. Here's $5. Yeah, thanks. but they go get the car. You should tip them. All right, hold on. Do you tip both directions? No, I don't tip the drop off. Uh, I always tip hypocrite. the pickup because I bring the car what to them. What if it's a different dude? What's that? What if it's a different dude that takes the car from you then brings it to you? Then find your way on the other end to go get the car because I'm bringing the car to you. See? No, no, no. You go get the car. He's that's parking, the action. Somebody's parking the car for you. Now, that's true. Maybe I need to rethink my stance. You're a on hypocrite. This. I would love to hear. Which means now your money out the door both ways, and it's and you're and it's forced. See, you know it's, it's when that's I, when it's not optional. You know it's when I do not do. I do not do, and I I, I would love to hear the patrons. Yeah, where do you draw the tipping line in the sand? I, here's one I don't do, and I, I would love to hear from Maddie and the Caddy, the patrons. Uh, the voicemail number to call is eight six zero five zero six. Six zero one two. That's the Maddie and the Caddy number eight six zero five zero six six zero one two. We want your tipping protocol weigh in. We're going to get these on next week's show. It's a hot button topic. Yeah. Here's one that I don't do, and I never have, and I don't know why. I don't tip hotel maids. I don't tip them either, and I don't know if that's wrong, right, or what it is. But I don't tip hotel maids. I I I never have. Is that a thing? I think it used to be back in the day, but I don't. You know where I did? You know where I did leave gratuity though? Mm. I left gratuity at um on the cruise ship. For the person who was doing the guy who was our, our cruise ship attendant in the room, I slid him at the end of the cruise. I slid him a little something something just to say what's up. Okay. Because like he 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 went above and beyond. He was he was doing he was fixing our room twice a day. Yeah. And like leaving little stuff for the kids around, which was cool. He, he was doing stuff he didn't have to do. So yeah. and, and for those and for those who are Maddie and the Caddy patrons that have listened to our podcast, you know what a high maintenance travel Michael is anyway, with his <laughs> coffee needs and his What? We were checking in at the hotel last night and he had them give him seven coffee filters. What, what do you mean I had them? They said you can come down. Here's this, blah blah blah. And you said we'll meet at Wawa for coffee. And I go, I don't have to because I already bought coffee. And the only thing I just I got the wrong filters. And the guy goes, Well, sir, we we could give you filters. We have the right filters for that coffee maker. And I was like, What for real? And I was willing to go MacGyver style on the filters that I had. He was like, so paper they just towels. offered. I did, you and made, then he goes, and then the guy goes. You made it sound like <laughs> I went to them and was like, let me tell you something, sir. I'm going to need them filters. And Give then, me. And then the guy goes, how many would you like? And he goes, seven. 
because I'm and the and the manager goes smart move seven nights seven filters. I find it and ab- the guy goes I'm giving you eight so you got an extra one in case you want to make an extra pot. I find it absurd that you have your own coffee set up every time you go on the road. Just go down the street and get a cup. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not because of what time you know. I have a routine. I know your routine. See? Yeah. I don't, and people don't need to see me before coffee. <laughs> so if I leave and there's a, Yeah. Because we're all so much better off of after seeing you after coffee. Look, one of the thing, the first things I was told when I first started at ESPN was don't end up on Deadspin. So you were if, told that, huh? Yeah. You must I, put that vibe out there. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know, being a former comedian, people get nervous mm-hmm. that I want to do something crazy and off the wall, which I never have. But me without coffee, if I got to leave, might end up – the percentages go up. <laughs> By the way, throughout the uh, duration of, of the podcast and some of the guests coming up, uh, for the first time in Maddie and the Caddy history, we have a DJ next to us. And so – This guy – like I mean, these are turntables. I want to know: Did you go take a nap? We heard you did were de- you were DJing at five thirty this morning. You started right. at five thirty a.m. because the first flight it's a two flight pro am shotgun start. Yeah, seven thirty a.m. and twelve thirty p.m. is what this the pro am is. As we tape this on Wednesday at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, the DJ was here spinning. Songs at five thirty a.m. Like it was Hyde in Las Vegas. Like it was I'm underground. S- yes, in Vegas. I mean, they had glow in the dark balls out here. <laughs> it was like a golf rave. So we got a DJ next to us. We're literally starting two thousand nineteen off in just a different way. Uh, so it's gonna. You know what? It's gonna be a fun, uh, fun day or two out here at the Diamond Resorts. It's gonna be fantastic and. We don't have glow sticks and lollipops either, so it's cool, though. We're having a good time. All right, coming up next, we will have John Lester. But recently, I've been receiving all of my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should, because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I've ever worn. Right now, I'm wearing their five-pocket pants, and they're awesome. They're the most comfortable pair of pants I've ever worn. I can say that about everything I've ever worn from Peter Millar. And right now, you can head over to PeterMillar.com slash Maddie to check out some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link, and you'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash Maddie. PeterMillar.com slash Maddie. Coming up next, the great John Lester. All right, so world champion pitcher John Lester joined him, Maddie and a caddy, and I think the, the the best thing you said when we came up to you and, and caddy was like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And your response was, "I'm here. I'm playing golf. It's that easy sometimes, right?" It can be. It can be. Get out of the. We've had a bad winter up there in Atlanta this year, just raining, you know, all that stuff. So I haven't been able to get out hunting and fishing and golfing as much as I would have liked. So to get down here, even though it's a little cold, we're outside, we're golfing, so we're, it's, it's it's all good. How many more outings do you have before you really start to lock in and get ready uh, for spring training coming up? Um, I got a little bit. You know, I've been working out pretty much since November, um, full go. So I, mean, I feel good with where I'm at. Um, probably need to pick up the throwing a little bit, you know, as far as intensity-wise right. just here in the next couple of weeks. But um, I feel good, man. I've I, played catch you know probably uh what was it about a week ago and it actually felt pretty good for the first time so uh, you know for that first week i was like man this is uh, this actually isn't bad so it's it's been going 
I always thought bow hunting it would help a little bit. That's the last time we talked. Yeah. And I, I still, it kills me I didn't get to come up and do a little bow hunting with oh, you, man. Oh, man, you're always welcome. You just got to holler at me let me know. But it, so we, I don't bow hunt as much because I got my kids now, so they want to go sit in a stand with me and, and do all that. So we take the, we take the rifle out there, but, um, we have a good time up there. It's, it's fun, especially now that my oldest son, he's eight. He killed his first doe last year. Nuh-uh. Got another one this year. So he's, he's fired up. How he big of a day is that when you get your first? It, it's cool. It's, you know what? It, it's, it's hard because I'm so safety conscious. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more worried about what safety. he's, yeah, what he's doing as opposed to actually the, the deer. Yeah. Um, this year was, was, um, was crazy just cause I had my middle kid with us too so he's he's five so we had five and eight in there with me and i'm just like <laughs> it's just it's it's a cluster Daddy, but there's a deer yeah yeah, 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 deer. yeah so but yeah. it's good it's a good feeling when when they get excited for it what was first outdoor sport for john lester was it hunting fishing or golf um outdoor sport was probably baseball in terms of like oh, hobby. Oh, oh, yeah, as far as yeah, hobby yeah uh probably fishing you, okay. i grew up fishing um in, in the northwest that was uh my my dad didn't hunt I'm getting him into the hunting now, so I got, you know, to see him kill his first buck and, and all that stuff, so that was cool, but probably fishing and then golf as I got a little older. Who got you into golf? My dad uh, and my grandpa, my dad's dad. My dad's dad was left-handed, so he'd, he'd take me, you know, to the driving range and, and try to give me the, the lefty pointers um, and help me out. So, yeah, th- those two, um, my dad would always take me in the summer when we had time and there was a little par three course right up from our our house, and he dropped me off there and, and went on his way to work and picked me up on the way back, and I would just walk around that nine holes a bunch and and have fun. So yeah. golf was with you from when you were little, then. Yeah, I mean it was, and I played it and I jo- I enjoyed it, but I really didn't start kind of getting into it and trying to get better at it until probably I got to pro ball and, and probably really the big leagues, and then. You know, you got Josh Beckett and Wakefield taking you out. You gotta, you gotta start playing well. You can't be throwing up, you know. And I bet they was talking. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody says that a baseball clubhouse is one of the most competitive places for the for golf. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we, you know, me being young, you know, they didn't want to to play for money, so we always played for shirts at the end of the day. So uh-huh. we, you know, you play. We, we we're spoiled. I mean, we get to play some of these awesome courses. Yeah. And. You remember the course and the shirt more than you remember the hundred bucks you want off of somebody. So, you know, it's like I'd go in there and I'd be buying Wakey a shirt and be buying Beckett a shirt. I'm like, God, man, I'm tired of this. I want a shirt. So I had to start getting a little bit better. When <laughs> was the off. first? When was the first shirt you won? Yeah, I won one off of Beckett. I remember that early. And uh, he was right mad. Yeah, he was mad. He was mad. And then I don't think I won one off him for for the rest of the time. And then it it was pretty much even after that. We we went back and forth quite a bit. We were about the same at that time, and uh, so it was back and forth. What course? What club was? The I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. No, um, that was a long time. That was like two thousand eight, two thousand seven, somewhere in there. So, so give give us the truth. Like during spring training, I mean, you you guys are playing a lot of golf. You know what? The, the this year and last year, I'll probably get to play a lot more than I ever have because um, you know we got school now with uh-huh. the kids. So mm-hmm. she'll come out beginning of March. So those first like two, three weeks, you know, I'm, I don't want to go home and sit by myself. So I'll go to the driver range or go play. And right. yeah, that, that, that's our time. That's our time to play a lot. 
Is it help build camaraderie with some of the guys when you guys are out on the court? I mean, it's a long season. It's 162 games. Well, yeah. At least you have golf. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it helps, especially some of our young guys love playing golf. They're position players, but they don't, you know, they don't get to go a lot. And it's kind of a safe haven for them. You know, you're riding in a cart with somebody and they feel like they can talk to you a yeah. little bit more there. You're not in this clubhouse in this intimidating area. So, you know, you get, you get to kind of, I don't want to say mentor, but you get to help guys out a little bit more when you're playing golf. And we've got some good golfers, so it makes it a lot of fun. That is so true because when you're on a golf course, it's five hours where you're going to be out there hanging out. And they always say that that's where you really get to know people because mm-hmm. you get to spend that kind of time with somebody where they can kind of go, hey, man, can I ask you something? Yeah. You're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. And and it's cool, man, because like I said, when you get to that clubhouse, it's it's like, you know, business time. Like this is work. work. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm at work. So I'm. I'm focused on what I have to do today in order to be ready to go whenever my my day is. And those guys are the same way. Like, hey, I'm getting ready to be in the game tonight, so it's go time. Um, so it's nice, like you said, just go out there, decompress, take a deep breath, and, and just have some fun. Now, when was the one time in the clubhouse or maybe during a game where someone came up and was like, Hey, does this grip look right? Because <laughs> like, I know that has to happen. Oh, man. In the middle of the season, in a long season. Oh, yeah. You're like, did you really just ask me if I'm staying connected? Yeah. I mean, you'll see it, man. Like, some guys will get new clubs during the season. They'll get new putters sent, or, you know, whatever. And everybody will be over there in the locker and be like, ooh, this is nice. <laughs> you know, like, hey, can you give me a left-handed one of these? You know? But, no, like you said, it's a long season. So you got to break up the monotony of it and, and make it – Make it enjoyable because it can be a grind. I mean, I'm sure it is out here for these guys too. I mean, it's their, their season's probably longer than ours. Um, obviously, they can pick and choose sure. a little bit more, but right. it's still a long year. Yeah. So Patrick Peterson told us that there's been times where golf has lingered into the locker room between he and Larry Fitzgerald because they go at it all the time. Has there been a time where intense golf has lingered into the club? No. Room? You know, the the only time that, <laughs> that I've seen it uh, – <laughs> It, and it's actually funny is when you do win a shirt off somebody and they wear it to the field that day. You know, that's when it gets. <laughs> that's the needle going that's, so deep. That's when it gets fun because they're, you know, you're, you're walking around the clubhouse and you're like, you're just kind of like, hey, you see, where'd you guys play? Oh, I played here today. You know, and the guy, the guy's standing right next to you. So that's when it, that's when it's fun, um, to, uh, to get, to kind of get back at people, oh, you know, especially, yeah. you know, a couple guys that maybe beat you, you know, two or three times in a row and you finally win one and you're just like, all right, there we go. I'm <laughs> good. good. Fits good. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. All right, so we ask I'm everybody. I'm a little bit to put my, put my uniform on. We ask everybody who comes on the podcast with us, I'll get you on this one, uh, your dream foursome. Who's filling out the other three? Ooh, dead man. or alive. We play dead or alive. That's a hard one. I, I mean, I got to go Tiger. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my generation, you know, kind of my dad's Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer. I mean, I think that's yep. – he probably got more people into golf than anybody in probably the history of, of the sport. Um, oh, man, that's hard. Um, I probably wouldn't do a baseball guy. I would probably do like – probably like a Tiger. Yeah. A Jordan. Okay. Yeah, golfer um, too. But he's not bringing his wallet. He's got to leave that at home. <laughs> and I ain't doing that gambling nonsense yeah. that he does. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know who my, my fourth would be. I'd probably just bring, like, my dad yeah, or something like that, you know, yep. be a part of that. Yeah, because being able to play five hours with your dad 
and then Tiger and Jordan too. Yeah, that's one of those that we'll talk about forever. All yeah, right, give me a golf course that's on your bucket list. Oh, man, what's the nicest course you've played so far? In, uh, Augusta. Yeah, Augusta. I got to play it. Two of us have ago. gotten to play Augusta. Yeah. Oh, you got I was 06. Oh, that's Ooh. right. Yeah, 2006. I yeah. won the media lottery not too, like two years ago. Okay. For the first time I played it. Yeah. Right after Sergio won. Okay. Yeah, we all had that same look when we talk about it. We're like, yeah. yeah. It's like you don't really want to talk about it. It's you, like, you just say, I played Augusta, and you just kind of leave it leave at that. Leave it that's Yeah, because yeah, anyone who's played it now understands that feeling, and if you have never done it, you, there's yeah. no way to explain it. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Cypress is probably up there for okay. me. I want to play that one. Yeah, me too. Um. I told you, man. That, that's a hard question for me because I'm so spoiled. Yeah, I get to play a lot of really good courses through the through the country throughout the year, and it's. I mean, it's. We're talking about like you know, one, one A and right. one B. Right. You know, yeah. Like you got Augusta, and then you got like Pebble. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not many people get. If to, you're picking from that list, life is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pine Valley. It's another good never played you know, that one either. I mean, so. I, I there's like a list of ones that. I just need to pull out my my handicap thing so I can look at <laughs> remember all of them. But we yeah. uh, we appreciate your time. You were generous with us. Now you got to get out there and get warmed up for the tournament pro am day. Yeah. Uh, good luck this season. Thank you. Uh, much health, much luck, and I'm sure we'll see you at another golf tournament sometime. And yeah, at some point, it. I know since the spring is coming now, so you got to you got to start getting back to work. But we will at some point get to go hunting. Again. Man, you you, just you will not and get it. You won't get into, into, into rifle as well. You're not going to get right, into it. It's way stand. it's way easier. How's you don't he? have to climb up that dang ladder and, and all the that deer stuff. don't have to be as close. Mm-hmm. I want him at a deer stand. I want right. to see that. All right. He doesn't even believe. He can't believe that I have camo. Yeah. But that's because the old Johnny L.L. L. Bean over here. John Last, appreciate your time, yeah, man. man. Good luck, Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the things, because like, we, we play golf as buddies. I had to show my tattoo because <laughs> C-game Matt showed up at the match between Matt and Caddy. But I, I love the polo story where they play for polos, play for shirts. Man, we always talk about playing for something that means something. So – if you're in the echelon of an athlete that is making millions of dollars a year, playing for a couple hundred bucks doesn't mean anything. So I love the fact that the shirt matters, which means if you're three down with five to play, yeah, you start thinking about having to go in the clubhouse and buy a shirt for that dude. So you're going to grind your butt off to not have to do that. And if you're three up with five to play – all you got to do is look over at your boy and go, so what do you think? Should I get red or green? Right. Or Man, <laughs> I saw yeah. I saw Peter Millar polo in the clubhouse. <laughs> that's going to look really good on me. Because that's it. Like I'm not going to get into it. I mean, people could do their own research. John Lester makes a lot of money. There, Josh most Beckett. Pictures, most pictures. Dude, pictures Beckett in, M- in his MLB. prime, yes. ton of money. Yes. These dudes don't need to play for money. Correct. The money doesn't matter to them. Correct. So what they won't does? grind. Bragging rights. Yes. And that's my favorite part about it. When he said walking into the clubhouse the same day wearing the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it gets league policy. I mean, I would go to spring training wearing that thing. I mean, that's the good. When we come out to these events, you when – because we don't have a, a video uh, of Maddie Nicaddy yet. yet, but when you see these guys' faces, when you ask them some of these questions, they light up because they're like, oh, "Telling those stories, yeah, this is my chance." <laughs> so our our uh, our thanks to John Lester. 
uh, for spending some time with us. That uh, was so much today. Fun. Had a great conversation with him. I will tell you uh, in the list of interviews that we have done from Addy and the Caddy, we have one coming out uh, that cool. we got. That's it's it's in a rem- deep deep interview. It's deep. A remarkable interview from someone. Uh, I, we don't t- want to tell you about it yet. No. But it's a it's a deep interview, a remarkable interview from someone who shared struggles that I'll never understand. Um, even even that I won't understand. Yeah, and so we cannot wait to bring them into a special episode. Yeah. Uh, wrapped around that. So there's some special stuff we got. Coming. Yeah. So we're we're, we're excited. Stuff we got coming. So our our thanks again to John Lester and our thanks to the fine folks here at Tranquilo Golf Club at the Four Seasons in Orlando. Remember to hit us up on the hotline eight six zero five zero six six zero one two. That's eight six zero five zero six. Six zero one two, and the social media at Maddie and Caddy, both Instagram and Twitter for the Caddy. Michael Cow, I am the Maddie. Don't forget to tip your bathroom attendant next time you see them. Don't do it. Thanks for the list. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.